All right, everybody. Welcome to Aquarian Anarchy. I'm Chad Lemoyne. This is uh, Marcus Pulis and Nico. And we also have uh, our special guest tonight, Dan Taxationist Steph Behrman. Um, we are really excited to have him on the show. And we also want to remind you while you're here, like and subscribe to the channel. Um, like the show, subscribe to the channel, share it with your friends. And also, if you have a chance, go to our, uh, our Patreon and sign up as a patron and you get a little exclusive access to some extra content earlier than uh, than most folks. And we're going to be doing our after hour show after the show. Um, and you'll get that before uh, for the rest of the folks get it when it comes out on Saturday. And also you can just show your support for the show that way. We can also go to the, the store. All these links are going to be in the description and below and buy some of the merchandise. Marcus has some badass shirts and masks that uh, that kind of poke fun at the uh, the whole mask. Uh, masquerade that is going on uh, all over the world so without further ado let's get into uh the interview dan welcome aboard aquarian anarchy hey thanks for having me <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh so i have i have i'm gonna pull this out so everybody can see it so when i met you at the 2018 uh libertarian national convention in new orleans i'm in baton rouge so it's right down the road i uh i got one of these i I think you ended up uh, ordered it and you mailed it to me or whatever, but uh, this was always one of my favorite poems. Roses are red, violets are blue. Taxation is theft. Inflation is too. Um, I had a really interesting question from one of our, one of our friends, Jonesy. Um, shout out to Jonesy. Um, he was really interested about this, this interview because he, the question he had was, he said, I just have a hard time understanding how society can function if people don't give back. And my, my explanation was, it's not about people not giving back. It's about shit not being stolen from people and calling it giving back. So what would your response be to that question? Right. Yeah, I, I think I, it's pretty much that. Um, I, I've realized I have a weird way of talking to people where I kind of, I, I don't know, I, I have a conversation with somebody and I start to kind of get a feel of, what their language is and how they talk. And that's, that's kind of how I respond to them. And I don't like, I don't really do it on purpose. It's not, I, I kind of feel like it's pandering in a way, but like, it's really just like, no, let me, let me try to explain this to you in your, in your language. And, um, and, but it would basically be some form of that. It would be like, okay, well, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's absolutely not about contributing to anything. We contribute to things all the time. Um, we have internet. I contribute to my internet company putting up fiber optics all, all around the globe by subscribing to their service. And that money goes to that. And, and I, I enjoy that. Mm. I don't like giving money to the Department of Defense so they can bomb people on the other side of the world that, uh, you know, they're just going to school or they're going to a wedding, don't deserve to get bombed. I don't like paying for that. So I wouldn't give them money but I have to because they've got a gun to my head that says, you know, yeah, give us money or else, or we'll take it. And if you try to resist, we'll arrest you. And if you try to resist, we'll kill you. Um, that's, I mean, that's really the main objection to this is, you know, the, and, and the government's wasting most of the money that they take from us. So it's not like we're giving them all this money and they're putting it to good use. They're wasting most of it. And then they're asking us to thank them for it, you know. Right. If by um, wasting, you mean like paying their friends and, <laughs> yeah, and, and having really I mean, fancy half, shit that we don't have. 
half of it goes to corporate bailouts and subsidies right. and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the other half goes to like it, it's basically laundered through the the military industrial complex, which is one way to get money to your friends right Mm -hmm. oh we need more missiles let's buy more missiles let's just shoot them at whatever we can so that we have to buy more and it's like they're overpaying you know thirty thousand dollars for a screwdriver so that they can just transfer money from from us to to their buddies yeah that's right question how would you um go about like have you ever thought about like taking their loopholes that they use and just giving it to the people and just saying, well, if we can't really take it down from uh, a top standpoint, we can just do it through the people and using the same things that they do? Yeah, so actually I, I promote this all the time. Um, most people don't actually need to pay income tax at all. The income tax is really, I don't wanna say it's voluntary, it's, um, there's an entire system of fraud that goes behind it and we're not supposed to be paying it. If you read the constitution, the constitution allows for two types of taxes. One is a direct tax, which is apportioned by the population. And people think that means a direct tax on the people. No, what that means is it's a direct tax on the states because the constitution is a contract between states. They're saying, okay, yeah, I'll sign this. And therefore we owe you taxes. that's what it is. And if you have more people in your state, you're going to pay more of that tax. And that was the agreement. The other thing is excise taxes. So if you use the federal government's ports, then that's a privilege, right? So you got to pay a tax on it. If you don't use their ports, if you don't use any of their facilities or anything else, you have no obligation to, it's not an excise. You're just doing business. You have your own property. You're trading your labor, which the Supreme Court has said your labor is your property. Supreme Court has said you have an unalienable right to contract your labor, your labor and your property for in exchange for other things. They can't tax that. But what they do is they they trick us. Um, and I can get into the whole history of this, but they've 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 created a system where they trick us into signing these forms, which then obligates us to pay a tax that we're really not supposed to be paying. For sure. And, and I think that 90% of everything that government does, frankly, is a trick of some kind. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lysander Spooner covered this pretty ther- thoroughly. And, you know, the, the idea of taxation itself is, you know, nothing more than, than the same thing a burglar does. And, and this, uh, I chose a uh, Spooner quote that we'll put at the beginning of this to kind of cover this, but this wasn't the one I almost chose this one, but, but this isn't a quote. It's a, it's a paraphrase, but Spooner basically said if tax, if taxation isn't theft or in his words, isn't burglary, then all a band of burglars have to do is call themselves a, a government and it legalizes all their bullshit. So, you know, it's the same the same thing and they do the same thing with war they do the same thing with conscription it's it's murder and it's slavery um so so yeah i think that that is what they do um and there's like a mystery that's that's around like this um they they've they've also tricked people into thinking that like well like what jonesy was saying like that this is the way that you take care of people and this is the way you give back to the community this is the way that you support the community is by being taxed and paying your taxes dutifully and everything. And I'm not like Jonesy is, is more, um, he's more toward, towards our side than, than, <laughs> than that, but he's just, he's going through that process of, of kind of understanding this on a deeper level and wants to, wants to do that. So like when you get the, have, either the roads question or some of those kinds of things, right. what's the, 
Oh, what were well, you going to so, say? I, so I have this example um, that I use all the time, right? Okay. The government is there to help us because they care about us, right? Mm. And so there is in the United States a company that manufactures insulin. There's only three companies in the United States that are allowed to sell insulin in the United States. They sell these pens for $100 in the United States. Now, these same pens are exported to Mexico, the same company from the manufacturer in the United States, they're exported to Mexico and they're sold in Mexico for $12. It is illegal to order those online from Mexico and have them shipped to your house. Mm -hmm. So if you're a diabetic, you might go through like three or four of these a month. That's three or $400 a month or more, depending on, you know, what your condition is. Where three or $400 a month versus, you know, 12 to, you know, 40, $50 a month. Right. If the government cares so much about you, why don't they let you import this? Now they'll say, oh, America first. That's why, damn it, Dan, come on. Yeah, it's well, it's for safety reasons, though, joking. right? We can't have you importing this stuff from other countries. You don't know where it came from. Yes, we right. do. Yeah, we do. It, it came, came from the place. <laughs> so this is this is like a, a a simple proof of no, the government does not care about us. And Trump said he was gonna he was gonna fix that and and lower the insulin prices. Which this is the this is a messed up thing. There's 47 companies in the entire world that manufacture insulin, and the reason the price is lower in Mexico, two reasons. One is they have more companies from around the world that are able to sell it in Mexico. Competition. And people could not afford $100 right. a pen. They couldn't sell right. any of them. <laughs> they, so they, they priced it down like, to the market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and a, a lot of people can, you know, they, they can relate to this. Um, well, I don't know. I say a lot of people. It's probably still a small group. But I used to be like into like video games and, and movies and all this kind of stuff. And we used to always talk about like, yeah, there's all these movies from other countries, but you can't import them because they have region coding on them. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, you buy, you know, the matrix, the movie in the United States, and it only plays on DVD player from the United States. You buy it from Japan and it only plays on a DVD player from Japan. Why? Because they're selling them at different prices and they don't want you to, to basically do arbitrage buy a thousand copies of the movie in one country for $10 for the disc where like that's all people are willing to pay and then bring them to the United States where you can sell them for 20 or $30 because American consumers love spending money on that shit. Um, They don't want you to do that. They want to make that extra $20 a profit. The movie studio wants to make it. So they put region coding on it. And and that's exactly what they're, I mean, that's exactly what the insulin thing is. It's region coding, except it's the government doing it to protect the pharmaceutical company. So if the government really cares so much about us and they say, oh yeah, we're gonna make sure that you know you have all this insurance that's gonna make sure you're able to afford your insulin, why don't you stop propping the prices up, right? Because their whole thing is, okay, if we keep the prices high, the pharmaceutical companies are gonna make a lot of money. Let's figure out how to steal that extra money from the public at large so that our friends in the, in the, in the pharmaceutical complex can still make their profits because the only other solution is to get rid of their monopoly, let the prices fall. Everybody can buy their own shit without needing this complicated insurance policy, but then their buddies don't make these massive profits. Right. It's all about uh, taking, you know, robbing from the poor and giving to the rich. 
um, which is in essence what government is. You know, the, the people that we're talking about are what Thomas Paine called the knowabilities. Instead of calling them the nobility, he called them the knowabilities because that's what they do. They don't have a real ability. Their only ability is to bully and pick on everyone else. And one of the ways that they do that is by, you know, in the back in the, the day, they would stop at the side of the road hold you up and take your money now they don't even you know have to to stop you they just you know you're driving through right. whatever city and they just beep and they <laughs> take your money yeah, right there just, yeah it's like high, right. it's just high-tech con men is what it is now it's it's they, they've conned people into actually like like what dan was saying like fill out these forms um because you have to and then it's like well but what if i don't fill out those forms well, if you don't fill out those forms, then we can't we can't take shit from you. It's like, well, I don't want to fill out the forms. Yeah, but if you don't fill out the forms, then you can't work. And they they, they start it with, and that's what's happening with all of the stuff with the different mandates with uh, either masks or with whether a restaurant can be open or not. Is it's it starts with them pushing that down onto those corporations or onto those small businesses, and then what in turn those businesses have to you know, force their, force that will onto you. They've got to pass, pass the savings along to the customer um, by saying like, you can't, we, we're a private co company. We can tell you, we can refuse, refuse you service if we want to. It's like, but you're not doing that to the governor or the mayor. <laughs> like you're, you're just, you're taking whatever the mayor and the governor are giving you. And then you're just pushing it down to me. Um it's that same thing where like W4s and, and all these different forms that you have to fill out and I9s and everything. If those things weren't, um, if the companies didn't, if they pushed back against that, then, then you wouldn't have, the, it, it wouldn't filter its way down to the people who, who work for a living. So. Right. Hey, uh, I, I also saw something on, uh, your, uh, or you said something where, he said you got rid of your license and all a couple other things yeah, that's along the lines of being considered a U.S. citizen. Could you go a little bit more in with that? Yeah, so um, I got rid of my, let's see, I got rid of my driver's license uh, maybe 12, 13 years ago now. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't registered a car in about that long. Um, I, as of recently, no longer have an LLC. I used to have an LLC, but of course that's another um another contract with the state. And my, um, my goal is really to just cut off any ties that I have with the state. Um, because every, every tie that you have with the state, every, every contract you sign is basically an agreement giving them, giving them rights and access to your life. Um, people don't really realize this, but the, I mean, okay, as, as, much, as, as much shit as I talk about the government the United States government for like being tyrants. We still have a relatively free country. The way that the constitution was written was, hey, leave these people the fuck alone. But what they've done is they have very creatively and coercively manipulated us into signing a million contracts that surrender all of our rights. And so the more contracts you have, the less free you are. And of course, the, you know, the, kind of standard operating procedure that the, the police and the government agents and everything have is the assumption that everybody has these contracts because who's, I mean, do you know anybody who doesn't have a social security number? Do you know anybody who doesn't have a driver's license? Everybody's got that stuff. So whenever you encounter a government agency, 
they usually treat you as if you're just just like everybody else and you have all these things. And when you tell them that you don't, that creates a problem for them because they just don't know what the hell to do because they, they don't even know the law themselves. They're, all they're taught is procedure, right? The police are not taught what the law is. They're taught, okay, yeah, so here's what you do. You find a bush, you hide behind it, and if somebody goes by too fast, you pull them over. You get their driver's license, you put it into the system, see if they have any warrants, give them a ticket, send them on their way, and that's it. Now, if they pull you over and you don't have a driver's license, oh, well, what do we do about this? And if it's a suspended license, if it's an expired license, if it's this and that, then yeah, they know what to do. But if you don't have a license and you tell them you don't need to have a license, or if you have a license from a foreign country, they don't know what to do. And you would think like that's a pretty common thing, having a license from a foreign country, because I've been to, um, I've, you know, as I'm in Mexico now, but when mm -hmm. I was younger, I went to Mexico several times when I did still have a driver's license. And it would be like a no brainer, like, oh, yeah, you want to rent a car? Show us your American driver's license. And they were like, yeah, whatever. You're a tourist. You got money. I don't care. Here's, you know, they'll rent you a car. Um, but for some reason, and I've seen videos of this too, police stopping people who bring their cars from other countries. They stopped this one guy. He was like, you know, some millionaire. He brought his Lamborghini from Europe and they stopped him. And they're like, yeah, well, you need to get Cal or you need to get, you know, American plates on it. Like, no, I'm, I'm like, I'm visiting. You brought your car all the way over here to visit for vacation. Yeah. I mean, it's a fucking Lamborghini. Obviously I have the fucking money for it. You don't understand. <laughs> But it's like, this is the mentality. And it's, it's like people, it, it's, it's funny because so many agents of the government don't even understand what freedom is. That's freedom. I own this, I own this car. And like, yes, this is financial freedom that not, not everybody can afford, but you have this amazing car and you can just say, oh, I'm going to go to anywhere I want in the world and I'm going to bring it with me. Um, right. that, God forbid. freedom. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's like, oh no, you have to get plates. And I've seen this too, because I've been stopped where, um, where I've had, um, I got stopped in California with a Mexican driver's license and they told me, well, you need to get a California driver's license. And I was like, why? And they're like, because it's the law. And I'm like, I don't live here. I'm just visiting. <laughs> right. So what law says that if I come to visit California and then they're like, oh, uh, well, uh, you know, like they're, they're stupid. Um, and, and what was really funny about this particular instance was this was a this was an LAPD cop, and there's LA is kind of weird. They have all these little different cities. I was actually in Culver City, which is a, a separate city, and I was driving, and I saw the guy tailing me, and I knew my plates were expired, and I saw him tailing me, and I'm like, okay, if I can just cross this line, I'm going to be in a different city, Perpetrary. and he can't stop me. Right. Well, apparently. I was actually, I drove into the city. You drove into his city, me. so he was yeah. just waiting for you to get there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, man, you fucked up. Yeah, yeah, you got to wait. Like, you got you to gotta run away when the lights are on. I know some people who've done that in, in down here in Louisiana where they just they just haul ass to the next uh, parish or whatever, and, and then when they get over the parish line, that, that sheriff can't take over, and unless they've called the other ones, that you're you're free. Yeah. <laughs> you fucked up man you can't you wait yeah. you, you, you just well I, but i didn't but at this point i i didn't have any registration yeah. on, on the car i i had the mexican license and they basically said okay well um i guess we're not going to write you a ticket and that was that what would um, you do i mean yeah. the thing is if they write you a ticket you don't live there oh, they have yeah hey, for, you just tell them in go Texas, fuck i got a bunch of them yeah so what how does that that's so that's yeah, my question. Like, how does this execute? How does this all go? Because I want like so you talked about 
not having a license, not, not registering a car, not having plates, um, and not having an LLC. I, if I would like for you to kind of go through, like, what does that look? Cause a lot of people, what, what Marcus and I, and, and then when Nico came on, like our whole like philosophy of how we wanted this show to go was we want to provide information that helps people solve their problems. And so, um, I know, you know, this isn't a, uh, I'm advising you to do this stuff, but I just want you to tell people how that process worked out for you so that people can kind of do their own research based on, on, on what they hear to see if, if it's something that they, they think might be a a useful tool for them. Right. So, so let me put this disclaimer out there. Um, (laughs) I I don't want to, I don't want to recommend that anyone do this because it's, you're going to get stopped. You might get arrested. You might get your car taken. There's, there's all kinds of things that might happen, especially if you don't know the right answers to the, to the questions that they're going to ask. Um, so there's always dangers and I'm not going to be around to help you. You're not going to be able to call me and say like, mm-hmm. dude, help me out, man. Help me fight my case. Um, that's, that's not something I could do. I got enough on my mm-hmm. plate. Um, so I, I do want to say that. Um, but okay. So it's, it's really kind of difficult to, there's no, there's not really a process you can do for this because it's, there's a lot of trial and error. And it's, it's like every government agent you come across is going to try a different tactic. Mm -hmm. They're going to try, you know, whatever they can to, you know, do whatever they can do. Um, And so um, with the, so, so let me, let me say, instead of telling you, how to do what I did, let me kind of give some examples of like how the government works and responds. Because if you understand how they work and how they respond, then you can avoid their consequences and repercussions and whatever they're going to do. So for example, what happens if you get a traffic ticket and you don't show up to court? A lot of times what they say is they're going to issue a warrant, but they can't really. they can issue a failure to appear warrant, but only if you have a contract, I believe, and I don't, and you know, so the, take this with a grain of salt. I believe they cannot issue an actual warrant if you don't have a license or a contract with that state. Mm. And I'll, I'll give this example. I've never had a Texas driver's license and I've gotten a million tickets in Texas. Um, never paid a single one of them. And mm. I've gotten letters in the mail that say, warrant big word across the top warrant but to the untrained eye this is like oh my god there's a warrant i need to yeah, call the yeah. court and say That's how much so, 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 oh, the first time you. you get one of those how does that hit or did you already kind of know what to expect well i i learned from times before that always read the fine print okay this was it said warrant at the top then you read further down collection warrant so this is not an arrest warrant Warrant so is just a very a broad agency, term. Basically, <laughs> it came from a from a law office. It says oh, wow. we have we have been authorized to collect this money from this. So it is ticket. a collection agency, essentially. At yeah. that point, oh wow! So it's not and even. So wow. okay, I've sent them letters back saying uh, there's this thing that I, I learned with. Um, uh, I did it when I was fighting credit card companies and debt collectors uh, back in the day because I was young and dumb and went through all that shit. Um, there's a law called the fair debt collections and practices act, which says, if you 
Um, if you're getting phone calls, which I was getting, I've gotten phone calls from police departments. I've gotten phone calls from these law firms saying, yeah, it's literally they're phone banking for money. We have all these tickets. Let's call people up and see if they'll send us money. Um, and I would tell them, you get a cut for it, right? They they get paid a commission on. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I send them letters saying this, and this is part of the, the, the fair debt collections and practices act. If you send them notice, they're not, they're not allowed to call you by phone. They're only allowed to contact you by mail. They can't call you anymore. It's only by it's only by mail. You can also tell them I don't acknowledge the debt, and you need to show me proof that this debt exists. How does a debt get created? There needs to be a contract, right? And I so didn't sign shit. <laughs> send me the contract, and if you don't send me the contract and you continue to send me letters, I can sue you under this federal law. So not that I like the law, but I kind of like that one. Um, well, that's the kind of law that's supposed to exist, right? The one that's supposed to protect your rights from right. having people Balancing fuck you Balancing everything out. Insta yeah. Instead of the kinds that, that helps other people fuck you over. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there, those are, there are very, very few of those, but but they're there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but, but yeah, it's, it, and, you know, I, I got one of these tickets in Texas and, you know, I signed it because they tell you sign it or we'll arrest you. So I signed it. And I went. Okay, so you so you signed you signed. That was that was going to be one of my questions. You do sign the yeah. the ticket. Okay. I yeah. Um, let me think. Have I, have I ever not signed it? I think I always sign the ticket. Okay. Um, okay. but it says you you agree to appear here at this court at this time. So I went to that court at that time and I said, "Well, I appeared. <laughs> now I'm going to disappear. <laughs> now I'm going to disappear." <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, and, shit. I love and i it. even i even as proof that i appeared just in case i mean i never had to like actually use this but like just in case i'm like okay let me go ask where i'm supposed to be uh, and like show go. them the ticket and see if they'll sign it or something like yeah they, they wrote down the room number of some prosecutor but i was like i have no i didn't sign that i was going to talk to a prosecutor so i'm not going to go talk to him but they, they signed <laughs> something on the ticket so um wow okay and, and so, so here's the thing. Okay, so what else do they do, right? If they, if they can't issue a warrant, what else do they do? They try to suspend your license. If you don't pay parking tickets, they'll, in, in, in every state's different. In California, if you don't pay parking tickets, they'll suspend your registration. So I had to do this one time where I went to go renew my registration so I could get stickers so I wouldn't get stopped by the police. And they said, oh, you've got a few um, uh, past due uh, parking tickets. You have to pay those before you can pay the registration. Well, if my car is not registered, then they can't suspend my registration and they can't make me pay for other things in order to get my registration. So mm. one thing I did at first was I took my car to Nevada when I was still living in California. I, I took my car to Nevada and registered it there. Okay. And now I had Nevada plates. So now California could not suspend my registration because yeah. they had, exactly. They had no jurisdiction, but mm. I also started saying, um, you know, I would get, uh, I would get a parking ticket. And I'd send them a letter with the same Fair Debt Collections and Practices Act notice saying, I have no contract with you. I didn't cause you any damages. And in one particular case, it was um, uh, it was street cleaning in California. They're fucking notorious for that. And I told them, my car did not prevent you from cleaning the street because by the time I parked there, the street cleaner had already gone by. So I did not prevent you from cleaning the street. I caused you no actual damages. You can't sue me for anything. And I have no contract with you. I don't ever want to hear from you again. And I never heard from That's him awesome. again. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, there was another one and, and this goes back to contracts. Uh, 
in, in California, um, and, and like I said, every state is different. In California, I went into a court for, for a traffic ticket, and this is when I still had a license and everything. Um, and they sit you down in this, this room full of people, a couple hundred people in there. You know, they line you up like cattle. Next, next, guilty, next, guilty, next, you know. And um, before the judge comes in, the bailiff comes out and says, You're, uh, there's not a judge available today. Your case is going to be heard by a judge pro se. And then they go through this explanation. A judge pro se is a member of the bar. They're licensed to practice law, blah, 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 blah. But they're not, an, but they're not a judge, right? They don't tell you they're not an elected judge, but they're not a judge. Now, you have no obligation to sit through a trial because you have a right to a trial with a judge. So they tell you, if you, don't, if you want your case to be heard by a judge, you can say something now. And, and, and you, know, you can object now. And that's, that's all they say. Well, what happens if you object? So I tried it. I object. And... Um, they, you know, so you were said, just like you were like one of the velociraptors. You're just like, yes. Yeah. Oh, nope. So he's like, okay, come sit over here, separate from everybody else. Yeah. And and I was sitting next to this guy who was like scared shitless. What are you doing, man? What are you doing? They're gonna send you to a real judge, and he's gonna stick you in prison. And like, uh, you know, like fear, yeah. like absolute yeah. fear. And no, um, that shit, that shit works. They they they, no, they propagandize people so much that we yeah. we we will like work against each other to, to like scare each other. Right. Yeah. But here's the here's now. the bullshit. Yeah. It exactly. took me to another courtroom where there actually was a judge. So wait, there was a judge this whole time. So did you lie oh. to me when you said there wasn't a judge available? <laughs> okay. Now another time, I. I stayed in the courtroom. I didn't object. Yes, I've gotten shit tons of traffic tickets, so <laughs> don't judge me. Um, I didn't object, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm just going to sit here and see what happens. <clears throat> right. And so, the, so they, um, the next thing they do is they bring out a clipboard, and they start passing the clipboard around. Everybody here needs to sign this. And I, I don't remember who said this, but there is never anything that you have to sign. Mm-hmm. Because if you have to sign it, you wouldn't need to sign it. Right. Right. Exactly. So they so need you, they need your permission to do whatever's next. And I read it, and it's an authorization form to surrender my right to an actual trial in order to have the fake judge hear my case. Ooh. So I don't sign it. I just pass it along. I go up. I argue my case. And I say, um, I didn't make a U-turn. It was, it was, I, was, I was charged with making a U-turn. I made a three-point turn, which means I pulled into a driveway and then backed right, up and went and the other out. way. Yeah. And they were like, eh, guilty. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> then I pulled the Fair Debt Collections and Practices Act on them. And like when they sent me a, a, a note, said, well, the, let me say this is, a, this is another thing the state does. They try to make you pay up front. So when I said, right. I want to plea not guilty at the clerk's window, they said, okay, you have to pay the ticket and then you have to go to court. Um, and then if you win, you'll get your money back. And I was like, I don't fucking trust you. So I was like, I don't have any money. And they were like, okay, well, it, well, at first I was like, I don't want to pay. And then they were like, you have to pay. And I was like, well, I don't have any money. And they were like, oh, okay, well then we'll schedule a hearing with the judge. So you can get, um, you can get released on OR on your own recognizance that you're going right. to come back. Total bullshit. But anyway, so I did that. So they didn't have my money and I lost and they sent me like a bunch of letters saying, Hey, we want this money. And I said, I don't have a contract with you because I never signed that thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, if you want this money, you need to prove that I owe you this money. I need a judgment from, uh, from a duly elected judge or a contract or something else proving. And you know what they sent me? They sent me a ticket from somebody else. Like this, like, this is how, like, 
Yeah, they sent me a ticket from somebody else and I sent them back another letter saying, this just proves how incompetent you are and you have no idea what you're doing. I, I got to find this letter. I have it saved somewhere. And, okay. um, and I'm like, I'm like, so I'm not going to pay you. And if you ever ask me for money again, I'm going to sue you. And I never heard from him again. Mm. Nice. So what's interesting about this whole thing is like, and, and people ask me all the time, well, if, if you don't have to pay tickets and you don't need a driver's license, you don't need this and that why can't I find a law or a court hearing that says so? Well, what, you think they're just going to tell you you don't need one? This is part of the whole scam. But here's the thing. You will never see somebody who went to court using one of the arguments that I'm using or some of these other guys using one of these arguments and getting convicted and having a court on record saying that, oh, no, um, this person is not is is not guilty they cannot be convicted of this what you'll see is when you start using these arguments they'll usually throw you out of court they'll call you crazy they'll say you're an idiot and then they'll dismiss your case yeah. because you they win. don't want it on record mm-hmm. because once it's on record then everybody fucking knows that's like oh right we exposed yeah. the whole lie yeah they're right. like they're they're not the joker where the joker tells batman his whole plan and then runs off to go do it right. and batman to escape and come stop right. him <laughs> They're not like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and yeah, I, I, that's that's just it. I mean, this is this is exactly what we've been talking about for some time. What you know, instead of being like head on trying to fight the state and do all that kind of stuff, we just need to make them fucking irrelevant so that they don't have any any bearing on our lives. Just ignore their asses when you can and move on. And when you can't ignore them just you know try to find a way around them and those kinds of things so dan how do you do the llc thing oh go ahead go ahead marcus i'm sorry okay we'll get to that Uh, yeah i i want to i wanted to ask dan because um i've i believe it or not i've actually and and dan may not even know this or remember this but i've actually i met dan in texas in 2018 i think i was there with adam kokesh um because i worked for his campaign and I met Dan in the lobby at, uh, in Texas, and he and I had a pretty good conversation. And I told him, no, I'm, he was telling me he was running for president. And I didn't know who that, because I came at this as a, an anarchist who supported Adam, <laughs> you know? So I was like, I didn't know any of this libertarian bullshit. <laughs> so I just show up, I'm like, oh. And, uh, but, uh, but Dan caught my attention. And, you know, all of this taxation is theft stuff. I think is is very important and I love the intellectual stuff that you get into Dan but that's not what made me go and, and eventually made you my second choice behind Adam for president and that was a hard fight cuz I like Vermin an awful lot too um but the reason that you were my second choice was wasn't the taxation is theft thing I know that that's what people uh, associate with you what I liked and what I'd kind of like you to to talk about, we've talked a lot about what you, the intellectual and the the understanding of philosophy and ethics that you're that you're putting out there. But what I liked was the way you brought people together. What I liked was you were the first person to say to me, and Adam adopted it, and many other people adopted it, and I, I wholeheartedly supported that. But you were the first person to say, uh, "We're on the same team, no matter who wins." No matter who does this, this is the same team, and we are fighting for the same reasons. 
So what got me, and I told Adam this too, when in a conversation I had with him years ago, um, but it, it, for me, the intellectual stuff, I, I am an intellectual and I do think about it, but that's what, not what gets me. That's not what gets my support. What gets my support is finding that deep heart, that love of humanity. And I saw it in you from the beginning. I don't think it really fully blossomed for the rest of the world to see until um, you started putting out towards the end of your campaign. And for those of you that did not know, Dan ran for president as a libertarian uh, and did pretty well, uh, especially, uh, especially for his first time. Um, exactly. But, um, but anyway, it, towards the end of your campaign, you started talking about particularly like finding ways to explain our positions to people in a way that hit their heart. And you talked about the way that, you know, you can talk to a leftist and maybe that leftist has these, this or that opinion. And you just need to explain to them um, why, you know, this is leading this way or that way. Can you kind of get into what drives you uh, from a heart-based uh, point of view. Um, yes, we, we talk about anarchy a lot on this on, on this channel. We talk about politics, but we also talk about spirituality and heart-based understanding of reality. And I'd kind of like to hear where you center your heart when it comes to setting people free. Right. Um, that's an interesting question. Um, and I've, I've had an interesting... Um, I guess an interesting path when it comes to all that stuff. So I grew up in California. My mom was a, she was, she was a very charitable person. She was always involved with charities. She was always doing toy drives for Christmas and um, you know, all this other stuff. My grandfather was, you know, he really loved animals. He was always contributing to like the, the WWF when it was the Panda. Uh, or I guess that is, that is still WWF. Um, yeah. It's the other one that changed. Um, and, and so like, I, I kind of got a lot of this, like, I wanted to contribute, I wanted to help. And I, I remember even as a kid, my, my inner Keynesian would come out, well, why doesn't the government just print more money and just like take care of all the homeless? Um, and then my mom was like, well, because then there would be inflation. Um, and, you know, so I, so I kind money. of, I, yeah. So like, I, I, it was interesting. There was kind of all this. Um, Later, I, I kind of, I don't know, I fell into, I, I went through being a seminar junkie for a while, and some of those were very spiritual. I ended up working for the Kabbalah Center as, so I was a video editor, and I was looking for work editing videos, and, and I, yeah, I fell in line with them, which was really awesome. Like, the biggest claim to fame there is I got to, I got to shoot camera for Guy Ritchie once, which was pretty cool, um, but um uh, yeah, and like I never really made that big of a career in that, but I, I, you know, I, I got I got to like watch a lot of their content as I was editing it, and I was like, a lot of this is is really interesting. So I got you know I got some stuff from there, and I I, I don't know I got stuff from all over the place, and I think like when I look at these problems, I kind of look at like you know yeah, I, I could be selfish and say, okay, I want to get rid of the IRS. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's a me thing. That's what I want. But at the same time, like I, I kind of see the bigger picture where I'm like, okay, 
not everybody just wants to get rid of the IRS. And if I run around saying, let's get rid of the IRS, like most of the people aren't going to care. But then I started realizing like, there are so many people who are negatively affected by the government. And as I started digging into it, I, I saw like, you know, like we talked about earlier with like the healthcare system and the way it affects insulin prices. Um, this is stuff I never would have thought of before. Mm. Um, and so like, as I see more and more of this, like I see like, this is really affecting everybody. And it, it kind of like, I, I think the, the main thing at the core of me is that like, I'm watching people get robbed every single day. And I don't want to just sit by and let that happen. Um, you know, I, I kind of got triggered into, you know, getting involved with this, you know, uh, politically, when, you know, I started seeing all these videos come out of like the police harassing people and arresting people and, and beating people up and all this kind of stuff. Um, I, I was, I was living in LA, I was like, I don't know how old I was. I guess I was like 10 or 11 when Rodney King uh, went down and like. You're in like your early forties uh, right now. You're, you're yeah. That, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was born I'm in 81. That was 90. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um, I was, that was, that was my senior year of high school. So same. I'm a little, yeah. a little bit older than you. And it's, it's so like, I see all this and I'm like, I'm like, this is just fucking wrong. <clears throat> why does this, why does this happen? And so I think there's like a lot of like, this it's this one big thing and it's it's hurting all of us but everybody supports it because they think it's actually there to help us but for some reason it never actually does that right and most of the harm that it does is invisible mm -hmm. they, they they misdirect us right so people are struggling to pay their rent and they they blame it on the employers not paying high enough wages when the reality is the human condition was never designed to be dependent on employment. Right. That was a creation of the state through this and what the lefties call capitalism. Cause I, you know, I came up through the capitalist view of libertarianism, which was capitalism is free markets, hmm. but understanding what the, what the people on the left refer to when they're like, they're right. using capital, they're using the same word, but they have a totally different definition. Right. Right. And so that's more of the, oh, you live on land, you have to pay a tax for that. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, in order to pay that tax, you need to go get a job in a factory so that you can pay the tax. Mass so, migration into cities and, and yeah, everything. And, yeah. and our, any, your biggest bargaining chip in any situation in life is the ability to just walk away. If somebody's charging too much for something, just walk away. If somebody wants to give you too little for something, just walk away. But when it comes to employment, they've taken that right away from us because we can't just walk away and say, I'm not, I'm going to live without a job. I'm going to move out into the woods. I'm going to grow my own food. I'm going to build my own house. I'm going to take care of myself. That's illegal because you got to pay the taxes. So now they're forcing everybody into this labor pool, which forces us to compete, which makes some of us get more desperate than others. I'll work for $5 an hour. I'll work for $4 an hour. Oh, well, that's getting too low. Let's set a minimum wage. Right. Whereas if you and then they get us mad at each other oh that guy that guy's retired at 30 oh he's they should tax all his money away and make him work like the rest of us well that's going to put more people into this labor pool which means you're all competing even harder we right. should be we should be getting people out retire early save your money get out <laughs> and then there's less people and then the companies would be begging shit i can't find anybody to to, to pour coffee <laughs> right. in my starbucks right. i'm gonna have right. to pay him 25 dollars right. an hour what well, 
What's like, always been crazy to me is I have, cause I work in, in industry, like in, um, I work in the paper industry and there are these folks who like, they're really, really upset about like technology that comes in because it's like, well, this is going to make it to where now there's four of us. We're only going to need three of us to do the work that we're doing now because they can consolidate some of it with this new machine or these computers that do whatever it is. And I'm like, that's great. You fucking hate this job. Why are right. you here? You should be doing something more productive and that's more creative and that you love and that you enjoy and gives you like some sort of fulfillment, not slaving away at this thing that you hate anyway. And you can barely stay awake. Y'all are sleeping half of your night shift when you're on graveyards anyway, because you're exhausted and it ruins your sleep schedule. How could you possibly want this to be your life? Because and they're afraid we've been lose their home. Exactly. Exactly. No, and, and I'm 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 with it because I like I feel that same sort of um that same sort of fear because I know that like the field that I'm in has nothing to do with my degree. My degree's in broadcasting and my I work in chemical sales. Like what it's the only thing that they have to do with each other is like you have to be able to like talk to people to be able to sell shit. And that I got some of that from broadcasting, but I'm not a chemical engineer, I'm not a chemist, I'm not any of those things that most of the people in my field are. And so it's scary to me to think, well, shit, if I don't have this job, trying to find another job in this field is going to be very difficult because competitively there are other people who have more on paper and I'm just going to have to go with my, my track record basically, which at this point at my age is, is not a terrible way to go because it, it translates well, but I can understand some of these folks who like, they don't have like that. They don't have like a broad skill set. They at 18 years old started working in this plant, working shift work, and they've worked their way up and they know that job and that's it. And they've through seniority progressed right. up to wherever they are, not through. And I'm not saying like, these are like smart, talented, skilled people in a lot of cases, but they haven't gotten where they are as much on merit as it is on seniority because the union uh, set up and everything with, with a lot of them. And so they're terrified of like, Holy shit. If, if at 58, I have to go try to find a way to slog it away until I get to retirement, how the fuck am I going to do this? And so technology intimidates them when actually it could liberate them because the reality of the matter is like the, the post hole digger was a great way to build fences without having to use your hands or your, or, or just a shovel, you know, like you can actually build a really long fence using a post hole digger instead of, and it's like tools and technology for a long time have been saving us blood, sweat, and tears. Um, right. And, but, it, but we're, you're right. Like it, the way that the, the, the shit has been conditioned into us has made it. Um, it's like a Stockholm syndrome. It's like a, it takes away your well, initiative and find something, you know. Right, right. And I was actually, again, listening to you, Dan. You, you were making a statement on schools and things of that nature um, and how they um, conform kids into working for factories and things of that nature. Um, and it's like it treats it like a nine to five instead of exploring uh, your possible ways, um, your possible creative ways of, uh, you know, learning something or doing something new, you know, it, uh, and so with you finding out something new to do, you, you find a passion that possibly turns into a pursuit of more so than just a hobby. You know, there's things that, uh, they take away with the time and go to school or they, they, um, you know, kind of 
turn you away from and you just end up in this like a hamster in a wheel mindset you're just waiting to be told when to hop on the wheel just so you can help society turn but in all actuality you know there's there's ways to you know get the wheel turning without you necessarily feeling like it's all the labor and you know uh taking away from your personality and things of that nature right yeah i mean it's 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 a lot of that i think the the main thing that's keeping us right here is it, it's not just the fear and the conditioning it's it's the position that we're in because if and this is this is what's so dangerous about it right oh america's number one our economy is the great the greatest and like you know the stock market's always going up you know everything's always going to be great yeah and then corona comes along and you got to shut down businesses and like even even if i don't want to argue over like the legitimacy of of how much they're shutting down but let's just say this is this is all the only way to fight this is for everybody to hunker down in their homes for 12 months straight well how are people going to pay their rent right everybody's in debt um i i had this conversation with somebody and they're like yeah the united states has the highest home ownership that it's ever been no <laughs> they they have homes in their names kind of with 30 years worth of debt attached to it. So if they don't, if they don't make those payments and if they don't pay the government, those property taxes, and I haven't heard about any, any um, government property tax uh, relief program during this whole Corona thing. um, They're going to kick you out of your house. The bank is going to take all your shit. If you don't have it out of there before they kick you out. That's the other thing. That's a little little secret. Where are you going? You have a job. Right. It's yeah, it's 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 absolute destruction. This is not they say we have the strongest economy ever. No, no. We have a dependency on the economy to continue growing. And once right. the economy stops, we're fucked. Yeah. We sure. we need if we wanted to have a strong, stable economy, we would build it on a strong, stable foundation, which is a foundation where everybody owns their land and their home and they have savings. And if the economy needs to disappear for 12 months straight, everybody's set. You right. have the food supply chain, everyone still has money saved up to pay for that stuff, or they're growing their own food, or they're getting it from local sources or whatever. But everybody's taken care of and everybody's safe. Instead, we're all living with our, our heads underwater, treading water to try to keep our head. And we're like below, like it's, it's, it's nonsense. Back to that hamster wheel though. That's how, if you're treading water constantly underwater, like that's the best way to keep the hamster wheel moving is you're, you're constantly kicking your legs. You're constantly moving. You don't get it. You don't have a choice to get off and stop and stop pedaling because if you do, then your shit breaks down. And if and they don't want that, that's that's how they use that threat to keep the uh, the, the the big right. turning. You focused on the one labor. thing, you know. Keep they, you working they, in the factory. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, and I can see evidence of exactly what you're talking about, Dan, in my own life. You know, um, you don't know this, but these two guys know this. Um, I, I lost my job in in August, and and I loved my job. My job was great. Long story short. Um, you can fail a your analysis if you take too much turmeric. Didn't know that. <laughs> and oh, so, shit, man. Yeah, I know. And I have arthritis, so I lost my job. But I had built over time 
Like I had enough Bitcoin and other savings that I was able to give myself another foundation. I had um, saved, now it wasn't fiat, I had saved crypto and I had saved, you know, other things that I, that I moved around and I, I don't want to get into the exact nature of right. how I did it, but long story short, I built that foundation. So it gave me the time. Now I've got a, a job now that I actually make more money and uh, I'm, I cannot talk about what I do, but I make more money and let's just say it is part of my job to cost the federal government money. <laughs> so part of my job is to make sure people retain their money. But, um, but that, that kind of security that you're talking about, sure, mine was a short term and had it gone, you know, a month or two more, I might've been fucked, but it was enough. To the, where I was unemployed without a job right. during coronavirus and was okay for a while. And if everyone had that, if everyone had, you know, even we're talking, you know, $5,000 in a savings account, they owned their own, they didn't have to pay shit. And all they're trying to do is just cobble together some food, maybe to pay their electric bill, whatever that is. If we were doing that, then I mean, economically, we'd be a powerhouse. Yeah, absolutely. But I think you know, at, at the same point, um, to to Chad's point, if we all had that foundation, at some point, we'd be like, okay, I'm going to stop running on the hamster wheel because I don't need to work. So we'd start sure. retiring earlier, and then the factories would not have enough people to you know to do whatever they need now at this point in time, we're, we're kind of like at this, this technological exponential growth where, uh, you know, they'd say, okay, well, we're going to have to pay more for people to work. And then eventually people would be like, eh, it's not worth it. Um, and then mm -hmm. they'd say, okay, we're going to automate everything. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we'd kind of head in that direction. And I, I think um, we'd probably get to a point where the economy doesn't slow down. It would continue to grow because there would be so much automation, but there, that threat is always there. If everybody decides, hey, you know what? I just don't need to work. I don't need to run on this hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. Then a lot of businesses are going to go out of business, but not in a way that we like, you know, when we say that now, oh my God, these, all these businesses are going to shut down. People aren't going to have jobs. That's not going to be the concern. The concern is going to be like, oh, I'm not going to get my factory stuff made. Um, but in reality, it's like, no, if, if you really come up with some, I mean, right now we spend so much money buying so much bullshit. Like, I mean, just crap, sure. this whole humorous market. And, and it's like, these are the people that we're trying to keep employed to keep making more shit for us to buy, which is destroying the, 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 okay. the environment and like all this other stuff. And, it's like, and the psychology of humanity too. Yeah. yeah. Like killing people mentally and psychologically and emotionally. Yeah. It's like, we stuff. could, we could completely do it. And I get it. Right. Cause, mm -hmm. cause Okay, so I'm in Mexico now, and I see this. It is possible to, because there, there isn't that sort of property tax. Um, there, there isn't that sort of licensing or regulation. There isn't that sort of income tax. There are so many people who are living outside of the system that mm -hmm. poor people are not afraid to be unemployed. Yeah. Like some people will just like, all they own is a hammock and like a box of things that they sell 
They wake up, they go to the street, they sell some stuff, they get some money, they use it to buy some tacos. Then they hang up a hammock in the jungle and they just sleep there. And that's a good enough life for them. And they're, yeah. they're content with that. So if you can imagine if everybody did that, then yeah, there's factories that are not going to have workers in it. Right. But Where about time, are you in, in Mexico? If you don't mind, I mean, if, if you don't mind saying. I'm around Cancun right now. Okay. Okay. No, because my brother, my brother lives in Guadalajara. And I, I've nice. witnessed that, like, uh, he lived in Mexico City for a while, and then he, he moved there um, a while back. And I've witnessed what you're talking about. You go to certain areas. Now, in the in the bigger cities, it's a little more difficult, because you know, just like U.S. cities. Right. But you go out into the rural areas, and it's, I, I've, like, because my wife and I have talked about possibly, like, escaping there, essentially. Um, I, I'm kind of, I have a little bit more of the fight rather than flight in me, um, because I feel like if we keep, you know, leaving to go to so there, we're, we're all just like, uh, even like the, the free state project in New Hampshire, you know, it's like, all right, but if y'all all go to one place, then they can just be like, fuck that place. Um, so maybe we should stay where we are and fight where we are. And, and right. that's kind of my, my thing, but we have talked about going down there because what I've seen is their government is so incompetent and so, I don't know, undermanned or relative to ours that like, I don't know that they could even enforce some of the shit that they want to do. Like I had, we had a flat tire one time in between Guadalajara and uh, Manzanillo, which is like on the, on the West coast of, of Mexico, right? Like right there on the beach, we had a flat tire. No lie. <laughs> this dude rolls up in like a pickup truck with an air compressor on the back and like a bunch of other shit. And it's like, it, it MacGyver put this thing together. It's hung together by like bailing wire and like duct tape and band-aids and toothpaste or some shit. <laughs> And, and he like, he like, I don't know how he patched the tire. He patched the tire and like inflated it and everything. We paid him 10 bucks and then he took off on in his little pickup truck and that was it. And I'm thinking like, if this is the U S this dude is going to, it's going to be $150 minimum just to cover all the licenses and everything else that he has to have just to right. be able to operate that business in the first place. And this is just like, some dude with a pickup truck and a bunch of shit thrown together on the back of his truck that gets the job done. Right. And that's what we, in a lot of, now you go to rural parts of the U S and you see some of that stuff and you go, you go to rural Mexico. And I think you see, you see it a lot more. It just seems like to me. And I think it's because of, you don't have the reach government wise down there that you do up here, up here. Right. You have shit like Ruby Ridge down there. I don't know that they could pull off something like that because they don't have the, well, the, and, the and this is, this is what's interesting too is you know people people will say that the more taxes you have the more successful the country is right, right. the u.s has really high taxes and look how successful it is mexico doesn't have really high taxes and look how successful it is i think that's backwards when people are successful and they have a lot of money the government says let's tax that right and in mexico especially when you get to like the rural areas i mean they have squatters rights they have like mm. they 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 um my my wife's family has um has land in this place where it's like literally it's jungle and they dug out some some roads and like people just started saying okay this is mine and they started putting up a little rocks around it and then and just later they build a fence over time. yeah yeah and there's they don't pay any taxes on it or anything right mm. And like the the plan is like if the city ever expands out that way, then of course they're gonna they're gonna get incorporated and they're gonna have to start paying it. But as of right now, they're really just squatting, 
and nobody's nobody's harassing them and a lot of them grow their own food there they they plant you know all kinds of all kinds of fruit trees grow there they have wild yeah. animals like pigs and chickens and they're not wild but um it, it's totally possible to do that and a lot of people are content like that but it's like and and, and this is you know it's this is a hard um a hard sell in the united states because most people are like i don't want to live like that and the yeah. point is not running water you know, and flush toilets and all that kind of stuff right. and electricity is kind of but a the thing idea that... the idea is not that you should have to live like that the the point is you can if okay let's say you've got three options how do you want to live your life one is like that two is um you know in a in a rural area where you've got like you know running water and electricity and stuff and then three is in a big city where you have everything movie theaters right next door and all right, sorts of right. right you've got all three of these right those are competing for your business and the prices are going to be lower because they have to compete with free. Yeah. Now, if you remove right. the free option, mm -hmm. the prices of everything else go, go way up. Mm -hmm. And, and so, yeah, you shouldn't have to live the freeway, but you, but you should be able to live the freeway. Yes. Yeah. Well, in, in this country, you can't even live the second way, really. They impose laws that were intended for a city on, you know, like I live in a little rural town in Indiana, and um, we're not allowed, I, we grow a lot of our, well, maybe not a lot. You can't collect we, rainwater? We, I don't think we're supposed to collect rainwater. We've not gotten there yet. We have, okay. we, <laughs> but we can't have chickens. Like I've got a garden. We've got, we, we you sustain can't have chickens free. and we it's semi-rural. Yeah. God we're damn, not allowed man. chickens. My and, neighbor has chickens. Why the fuck not? I was huh? going to say Nico, Nico probably has, has some chickens around him in Chicago. I know Unc has said he yeah. has like some uh, in Philadelphia. Have, yeah. Like I'm not allowed to have chickens. Philadelphia. <laughs> I can Two have rabbits. And... I can have chickens. rabbits and I've thought about doing rabbits, but I can't mm. have chickens. So wow. they don't even allow us to have the in-between. My wife and I have this conversation frequently because I'm a little bit more of a, a technology guy than she is. Mm. And so she's more like, willing to abandon it than yeah, you are. She just, she'd live out in the <laughs> woods. She'd be good. You See, know? I'm the opposite. My wife, we went on, we went to a camp one time for a week. It had to be like air conditioned cabins. <laughs> yeah. Like there was not, it was not right. going to be or anything like that. Yes, <laughs> right. Exactly. right. So we actually, larping, I was driving down the highway and I saw a sign for that down here yeah. glamping. And I was like, what's glamping? I've heard of that before. <laughs> and then, like, so we like pulled up there and it's totally, it's like right on the beach and like everybody's there with like their RVs and everything. Like, oh, that's so right. ignorant. That's great. Total fucking <laughs> so like. Total like gringos too, like right. It has to be, but but so we don't even you know. So when we have our conversations, you know, what I want is a happy medium. I want flush toilets. I want I want a nice hot shower, a good bathtub, but I don't want a bunch of bullshit. I don't want you know the government listening to you know. We were talking about I need a new pillow last night. We and we didn't have any devices in our room. Um, but suddenly I get a my pillow fucking or my wife got a my pillow thing on her on her uh computer and we realized what's going on is we've got a smart TV. And so that smart TV is close enough to my bedroom to hear our conversation about a pillow, pick it the fuck up, and here you go, let's get you in my pillow, pay 80 bucks for some shit and do anyway. But I want something in between that. And right. that's, that's the problem that we wind up with, with, with any fucking government, frankly, is that they, they want a cookie cutter, what you get. 
this is what you get. You don't get all these different choices. But I think you're right, Dan. The first place you got to go is make the ship free because you're right. At the end of the day, I don't, I don't want to live in free land. Free land would suck. But if I had to, I would. You want to be able, you want to have the option to do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's, it's, uh, let's look at those three choices again, right? There's free land and then there's, there's, let's call it A and B. If, if free land is free, A and B are going to be like, well, how do we sell this stuff? Let's, let's make it a hundred dollars and two hundred dollars. But then and if people, you get rid of go to free land, you're going to have to be really competitive with free land. Otherwise, you're exactly. going to lose all your customers you, to free land. You eliminate that, and all of a sudden, A and B can jack their prices up to one thousand and two thousand. Yeah. Like literally, they can take everything we have, yeah. which is what they're doing. Just like the insulin thing you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and you know, Dan, mm. you you talked earlier, and this is one of the things I like uh, about you as well, um, is that you talked about learning, for for instance, from the left, learning some of their language and learning some of the the things. If you notice the the logo behind me, that's designed uh, with those colors on purpose. I come, you know, I'm influenced by Murray Rothbard. I come from Hayek. Yeah, okay, yeah, all that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. In the midst of being influenced by that, I also read Emma Goldman. And so I, I started looking into the left anarchists and got that influence. Yet the, what winds up happening is Emma Goldman for me is right about a bunch of shit. Just not economics <laughs> is where I really got to with, with her. Um, but the reason so he's got the little reds right that's why there's there. red in the logo is because uh, we, gotcha. rec we recognize just a little bit right just, just a little, little, little squiggle um because we recognize that they have some yeah, he's a trump supporter it's that's supposed to be a red Shit. wave fuck trump i gotta just make it clear that motherfucker's a statist and he kissed uh, my just ass with you. But uh, it looks like a red wave though so i had to, I had to bust your balls <laughs> yeah, fuck you. i always <laughs> assimilated well, with and, ketchup, yeah. you know ketchup with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this is, but, but, this is what's Kevin, interesting about that mm -hmm. is is um you have okay one of the things one of the arguments that i hear about capitalism and this this goes to like a marxist definition of capitalism mm -hmm. is the people who have all the money control the government right so it's kind of like a monarchy where the king's in charge or capital capitalism where the people with money are in charge right. they make the rules it's arbitrary this isn't anything like what we call free market capitalism or ancap sure. or anything else but it's it's what they call capitalism and the, the interesting idea is like okay capitalism is based on the word capital which is money and what's really interesting with that is like just like communism right communism is terrible if you force it on everybody but if you want to voluntarily go to a commune and say, okay, yeah, we're all going to work together and we, we're all free to leave whenever we want, that's mm -hmm. fine. Do that. If you want to go to the little capitalist city where like every, everybody's there voluntarily, they can all leave when they want, but it's, it's all based on capitalism, that's fine. But when you force everybody to have money in their pocket, that's where capitalism becomes evil. And just like what we were talking about with property tax, that's the system we have now. It's it's impossible to live without money because you have to pay the king's taxes with with that coin. Mm -hmm. So I I've think stopped that's using the of, term capitalism altogether just because I think it's a it's one of those. Uh, it's, I think it's anarchy hard. is worth anarchy is worth saving, but capitalism is not is not a word worth saving um, because it's 
it's so it's been so like just it it's so loaded i think on, on its yeah. face like it, it either well, has like people on the right that that have it misinterpreted a certain way and people on the left and i'm just like you know what like i'm not even free markets i want people to not i want people to voluntarily interact with each other and conduct transactions transactions with each other and i want force coercion and fraud out of the picture how how do you feel about that and then that usually is like well yeah that sounds about right and then they're whatever their interpretation of capitalism or communism or socialism or whatever it doesn't matter doesn't even matter anymore about, because those yeah. terms are all so loaded on purpose it's orwellian exactly. the way that that those terms well, have all been used and, and that's what happened with with anarchy too i believe yeah, is, absolutely. That, is that that was so i've i've actually kind of disassociated from both of those and i use voluntarism now yeah um well, I don't have but, a choice because uh, we're in this anarchy, Aquarian yeah. Anarchy channel, you know. So, I, I mean, we're like, we're riding, ride or die, bitch. Everything. Ride or die, let's go. Uh, but it's, but yeah, it's, it's absolutely, and it's, it's, it's dangerous because whatever new words we choose, they're always going to try to do the same thing yeah, to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. And that's, and that was kind of the point with anarchy is that I think Marcus and I, when we talked about it, um, was because I don't know, Nico, I think you would, you would admit, right? Like you, you're not you weren't fully on board the the anarchy well, bandwagon I mean, with the, but, with the whole, uh, like uh, naming of it it's like I'm, i i stand for the values i don't have yeah. a name over a lot of the things that i do so like for the religion mm. i like or not religion but for the occultic thing the voodoo is something as a something that i look into but then there's other things that i also look into so right. for example um i still have some possible like possibly a few uh socialist and communistic views um not the negative ones but you know how it could be sociable and commune as a you know breaking things down but i wouldn't necessarily sure i'm an anarchist sure yeah okay <laughs> well well anyway so like marcus and i talked about like that fighting for the for the for the word and yeah, not just no. giving it up not conceding it because you yeah again back to the thing about like moving to mexico versus staying yeah, no, here and I, fighting here yeah no I'm i haven't wanted to like give up and run away because then like you said they're just going to find another word that whatever word you get right. like they're going to find a voluntarism yeah well everybody can't volunteer for everything somebody's got to pay for this it's like that's not even what this yeah, no, it, I, I, i'm i'm here for the standing and making words uh mean what they're supposed to mean but in a sense of like absolute of just absolving it of you know a negative connotation or a negative viewpoint like yeah the the negativity around certain things and i am all tabooed like uh what i (laughs) spirituality or from my political views and like how i just move in certain things it's just oh it's a taboo it's a taboo i'm like not where's your history where's your facts and then like they, they don't hit me with it then i'm like well i'm gay and they look at me and no 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 happy not the term of what they do is they try and lump it together and you can't do that like stop lumping things together it has webster gave it one definition it didn't give it a couple of words for the definition it gave you a synonym for it or things of that nature but i'm you feel me it's all about yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 definition the real and actual definition behind things mm-hmm. so i right. want to wrap I, I, real oh, yeah, quick sorry. dan i want to go ahead and i'll give you the last word here in a moment um but i want to wrap up the evolution of the revolution yeah and then move into the uh the anarchy after hour and um 
so uh, what we'll do is I'll, uh, Dan, if you want to kind of encapsulate these ideas into what you were about to say, uh, then we'll wrap this show up and then begin the next one. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And, uh, sorry. Oh, um, Oh, man, I, on, you were commenting on what Nico sorry. was saying about like. Yeah, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to start that because I'll, I'll, I'll go oh, okay. an hour long tirade okay. about. All right. Well, okay, that's basically, fine. I was, yeah, I was just gonna say the, the government, like on top of the definitions that we use, the government codifies certain words too. So, mm -hmm. like what you think mm -hmm. as an employee, it, mm -hmm. it, according to the tax code, there's a very like you're not an employee unless you work for the government um like what doesn't make it well that's what the law says like it's right. right there you can actually read it it's one of the few laws it's easy to read um but yeah uh, i didn't know that yeah interesting all right well let, all right. let's uh let's wrap let's wrap and we can pick up in the in the uh next and get into more depth in that right on oh, but before we wrap please like subscribe subscribe yes absolutely bell button you know yes hit like subscribe hit the uh, notification bell um go to the store buy some shit buy some merch um, and also uh, subscribe to the Patreon, um, become a patron, a patron, become, I did it. I did what Marcus does become an anarch, <laughs> uh, become an anarch God. Um, and then you can join the show, um, for, for $20 a month for $5 a month. You get the uh, early access to the, to the show that we're about to go into. And you also, uh, y'all get some other exclusive content at the other levels. So absolutely please go ahead and do that and support the show. Oh, and also a, go, Sorry, Nico. Go to Dan's sites, which yes, will be linked yeah. below. His, he's going to be linked to. Yep. Yep. And support what he's doing. I don't know. We might dig into whether Dan's going to run for president again, <laughs> and in the next show. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Oh, shit. Good. Here we go. Yeah, Let's we go. will get into that conversation as well. Uh, support Dan uh, again. Y'all that watch this show long enough know that it takes a special person for me to vote for them. Dan was one of three. I was willing to vote for. And so thank you very much for watching. This has been the evolution of the revolution. And uh, for those of you uh, who stick around until Saturday, you'll get to see the next hour then. Peace. Stay free. Well, I threw it up. Right Station is theft. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> fan.